Good evening and welcome to the first uh, proper FFW podcast of the new league unseason. Joining me, he's been allowed in out of the conservatory into the kitchen. It's, it's Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Good evening. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well, actually. Yes, bit by bit, I'm making my way into uh, into this house until my own internet's back. So I, fun and I games. Know, I know when parents get rid of their kids, usually they let them back in. They're in the games. Also on the season, we've got Jeremy Swift. Hi, Jez. Hi, how you doing? Very well, very well. So let's get straight into it. We're going to try a different format for the season, a bit shorter, a bit snappy. We're going to look at three of the biggest talking points from this week. Look forward to next week and the little bits in between. Sadly, there's only one place we can start this week. Uh, if Jez had some kind of little trumpet, I'm sure he'd be doing a... <laughs> uh, with Metz's... I'm, I'm trying not to be bitter. A three-two win over Lille on Saturday, and I suppose the main there was two main headlines for me. Just one, I suppose, it is the, the two goals of Mevla Erding, the big summer signing, uh, the guy who's going to get you the goals to keep you up. Uh, we'll get back to that in a second, but I think for me the biggest, the biggest thing to take away with this game, apart from the dodgy penalties, which we won't we won't get into because that's probably half an hour in itself. Yeah, uh, I think it was the impact that your young players had off the bench, uh, Sar and Diallo. Because uh, in contrast, we brought on Ryan Mendes and Rio Mavuba, two very different strategies. Uh, and your guys just seemed to have that sort of that youthfulness, the, the, the fearlessness. They went for it. They they won the penalties and we put it in brackets. And, and he's got a home victory. He must be really pleased with uh, the way the conveyor belts that keeps picking at these guys and they keep coming on and doing really well. Yeah, I, th I think I said last week that one of my concerns with Mess is just how inexperienced um, the bench is. Um, but certainly on, on Saturday's showing, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, having sort of youthful exuberance, no fear, it's mm. it's not... If, it, if they can be used as sort of impact subs rather than... I mean, we'll see how the season goes. It, it, it might be a different thing if they're starting matches, but as impact subs, um, certainly Saar and, and Diallo. Diallo had a, a great end to the season last season. I think he scored nine in 18 games, and you know that really helped us um, make a late push for promotion. And Saar is our latest addition from this the Generation Foot partnership we've got. Yeah. Um, they they both look great, and Get as well, and also um, Bazin, who... Um, sort of within mess circles, he's been talked about for a couple of years as, as uh, one of the sort of next great things. He certainly wasn't meant to be near the first team yet, but because of the injuries and um, Baliu, who was kind of covering left back, got injured during the match, he came on and he actually played a part in both goals. So, yeah, at the moment it bodes well with that really good balance of the experienced players, Juf, Kouad and Erding had decent games and then the subs, the young subs coming on and, and adding that extra something. Um, yeah, it's a really positive start for us. Um, well, I think, to be perfectly honest, it's, it, I was really impressed by the way the uh, senior players, I have my doubts over a couple of them, uh, perhaps Erding and Kouad, ne never any doubt over Jan Jufra, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but really, really impressed with with. Uh, I mean, I, I think Erding had quite a, a quiet first half, but ultimately, if he does nothing and then scores two goals, I think as a Mets fan, that's probably all you can expect from him. Yeah, exactly. I think um, 
I I actually he was really frustrating me because he was getting getting a reasonable amount of the ball and not really doing much with it. And there are a couple of occasions in particular. There was one where um, he ended up with this. It was a kind of two on one break, and there was someone completely free on his left. I think Mole, and and he just kept it himself and tried to beat one player too many. It was a bit annoying. And yeah, he was really frustrating me. But also from what I've heard of from Mess fans who were there, they said that his his work, his his running off the ball, and you know taking defenders away from other players was brilliant. So you know if even if he's not scoring, if he's using his nous and experience to to bring other players into the game, then uh, obviously that's great as long as someone's putting the ball in the net, I guess. Well, I, I heard an interesting fact actually about Erding, and whether this is true or not, I, I I'm not going to lay claim to. Have Delved, delved into the full details of this, but no one currently in League One scored more goals on the opening day than him. Yeah, I, I saw that quote. I think that was his seventh of the season, uh, seventh of, of you know of, of across all the opening games that he's played. I thought that was that probably sums him up quite nicely. It does. I mean, that was. I don't know if that was reassuring or a bit scary <laughs> because, like, looking back, so it's all downhill from here. Yeah, it does sound right. That like everywhere he goes, I remember like you know, when he went to Saint Etienne, and we thought, oh, is this going to be the answer to all their problems? And no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to be happy for Jess, especially that obviously Mets kept believing. I mean, there's going to be question marks over the defence because uh, both Follett and Milan got absolutely there were there were nowhere for both goals. It's really simple bits of movement. Done these over, but the fact that he didn't give up, you know, I suppose you can't give up on if you give up on the home opening day, you're in for a long season. But they kept going and, and pushed, and I'm not going to say deserved the victory, but uh, <laughs> did, did well. <laughs> That's all you're getting. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think the first, certainly the first quarter, probably if I wouldn't say the whole first half, certainly the first half hour, let's say, I think we gave you, I don't know if it was a case of giving you too much respect or simply just playing really badly and I was a little worried but um, I think we grew into the game and you know I still I'd still take 17th all day long now but um, I, I just think we look so much better but I still think we look so much better equipped now than, than two years ago so I suppose the people the question I was going to ask both of you is that do you think you can get over 10 goals this season it's a good start. He's a fifth of the way there already. Is it got to end him to have that as a 15 goal season? I think that if he stays fit and plays the whole, you know, plays in and out, uh, week in week out, then probably certainly <laughs> we've got. Um, so you might think so as well. If we've got a couple of quick wingers who are relatively quick to go down in the area and he's on penalty take, yeah, that'll help as well. But. Um, I think he's got the potential to, and I think for Messi's chances of staying up, it's extremely important that he does. Because he, he got he got ten for Ren uh, back in the 2013, got eleven for St Etienne the season after, and then it's like eight and four. And obviously, he's half of that already. He's got two already, so he's got a chance. Uh, the last time he got 15 goals in the league on season was in 2010 for Paris Saint Germain. So it'd be a massive, massive return if he could get that. And, and he's given himself a massive uh, opportunity to do it. So a cracking start for Mets. The second point, we were going to cover Marseille, but fuck is that boring. <laughs> so, 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 so it will be a lot more exciting. I mean, we have to talk about 
Bordeaux because the I suppose the free two scoreline flatters Snetti in quite a bit. Uh, stunning attacking performance by by Bordeaux, which uh, good goals, good goals. Gaetan Laborde, who apparently was on his way out until uh, Govanek convinced him that he'd get minutes and paid him off with a really nice header. Malcolm's free kick was awesome. I mean, the feeling, the feeling down there must be they must be on cloud nine at the moment. Uh, it must be. I'm on cloud nine. I watched the, I watched the Saint Etienne game and thought, actually, crikey, that was entertaining. Um, <laughs> I think not because Bordeaux, of them, though. I was going to say Bordeaux perhaps played a bigger part in that than, than Saint Etienne. Um, well, an entertaining Bordeaux game has been pretty rare. The well, last couple of years as well. Yeah, I think so actually. But really, uh, yeah, really impressed with Bordeaux. They were three really good goals. Um, really like that uh, the Roland the Roland goal. Um, yeah, crossfield ball. It was Thomas Torre, was it? To to um. Uh, it was on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To into into uh, I really like really like the goal. Really like the movement. Actually, um, it's been a long time since we've seen um movement like that in a, in a sort of attacking manner from Bordeaux. So positives. You know, it's the start that that Gorvenek definitely would have wanted. Um, almost letting it slip at the end. I think will just prevent people getting too carried away. I still think there's work to be done. still think there's food for thought, I suppose, isn't there, for, for, for Gorvenek. But certainly a very, very bright start. I, I think we said last week that we were sort of slightly, con not concerned, but surprised that, um, that Bordeaux let Crivelli go out on loan. But... You know, if, if Laporte carries on playing like he did at the weekend, then he's, I don't think Crivelli will be missed too much. Just fantastic performance for the goal, and as you said, a brilliant assist. And uh, definitely looks like a Gouvenek effect. <laughs> Apparently, he was definitely on his way out. I think he was, he was looking to go, and he was at the last, sort of the, the last hour convinced to stay, uh, which is looking like a, a genius stroke already by, by Gorvenek. Uh, Jez, where, where does your namesake, uh, Mr. Jez Meneza, Jerry Meneza, where does, where does he fit in this team? So he came off uh, the bench. Uh, does it mean you play him on the wing? Do you play him through the middle? I mean, that, that balance of Toure and Malcolm and Roland and Laborde seemed to work well. I mean, do, who do you sort of drop out if you're going to start Menez in there? Well, he's got the reputation, but you know it's it's bad luck that, um, well, not I mean he's he he was playing, he's fit. I don't know if the the ear incident sort of um set him back a little bit, but for whatever reason, Gouvernet didn't start with him, and um, you know as long as long as the players he's picking are, are performing well, then there's no reason why why any of them deserve to be dropped or why Gouvernet sh should think about dropping them, but. Again, with Menes, then, then you get to the, the, sort of the old PSG situation. If they're paying him but top dollar wages, the people upstairs start thinking, well, we need to sell some shirts or get Menes on there to sort of bring in the maybe the, the, the casual fans who maybe want to go see Jerry Menes. Yeah. A bit of I mean, to get him on the pitch. The main thing, obviously, would be to put Malcolm in the middle. Hey! Hey! <laughs> 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 um, Either way, you know, Menez's experience, and we know about his ability, that's never been in question. It's always been um, the attitude. He's he's still a, a great player to have there, and I I think he can put it. He's possibly the, the most um, 
can't think of the word now, I can only think of it in French, polyvalent, but he can play in the centre, he can play in the wing, he can play up front, so versatile, that's the word. So because can play through the centre. I think Malcolm's more on the right. So, you know, it's, it's a real, it's a, a nice flexibility about them, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's again, it's been a while since we could say that about them yeah. going forward that they've really got you know a choice of five, six, you know, really decent attacking players now, which which bodes great for them and for the fans because I still think it was a huge mistake having white seats in the ground because it just highlights even more when it's empty. We, we did that as well. It should be, should be red seats so it sort of masks in when people aren't there. <laughs> uh, Rich, is the, uh, Placio and Vada started in the middle. Uh, there's a Toulon's not, not there yet. Is it, is it a case of maybe playing Jeremy Toulon at centre-back and sort of strengthen that? Because that's maybe the weakest... Well, they are. Nicola Pawa is an absolute wall legend. Love him, but beside him, I'm not convinced that Guibert is a centre back at all. Uh, it would two one fit quite nicely into that that back four. Uh, I think he would. Yeah, I think you would perhaps then just worry about perhaps movement. Um, with, with that, those two with with Palwa and two. It's, it's never bothered Sylvan Almond, has it? <laughs> well, don't get me started. <laughs> we wanted a brief, snappy podcast, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> uh, there is a case because I thought that that Verda and uh, and Pla- I mean, most people really like Plassi. He's such a very very underrated player. Um, but I think playing with those two together, it, it gives them the the sort of tenacity from Placil. It gives them the um, the sort of bite, if you like, from Vader and the creativity that he can bring. So um, there's plenty, I think, that that can be offered by that. And Toulon may be, he may be needed to be called into playing centre back. We'll see. But um, I think just it was that letting slip of two goals, whether it was just a concentration thing or not, um, whether it was just perhaps you know Gilbert with a little bit of inexperience, maybe. But uh, it, it's it's positive for Bordeaux. I think they were they were actually quite lucky at the end that I think Pajot had a pretty good chance um to to even even steal a steal a point at the end of it. Um and it was lucky for them that as I've said before, I don't think Pajot is a footballer. Um, <laughs> but um I mean in a in a way it's I'm sure Bordeaux fans who are nervy at the end won't agree with it, but three two is just it's a perfect start. They're not going to get carried away with themselves. They still had, you know, a lot a lot more entertainment there than they've had in in, in quite a while. Five goal thriller, which is always fun as long as you're 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 the winning end of it. Yeah, yeah, um and yeah, it's, I think it's well it's well set up now for for them to have a decent season. Again, we were saying relatively similar things right at the start of Sanyo's tenure. But well, I, I, don't, I don't think you were, John. I think you, you were always the, uh, the yeah, same was. Sanyo. <laughs> <laughs> and proven right, ultimately. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, and I've made it clear what I think of Gouvenek, so I really hope he does a good job. You're on the line now, James. <laughs> the most underrated manager in Liga. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's been said. Uh, perhaps just one, one quick thing, I think, on uh, on Santetti, and I think defensively, all over the shop, I think all three goals, uh, admittedly, free kick, you kind of should defend, but it was a you know, relatively cheap free kick to give away, but um, all three goals, um, defense, you know, defensive mistakes, 
um, which for a Sintetian side is not the most characteristic of things. Uh, you know, they normally rely on that defence. Um, uh, I mean, defence is probably one of the key reasons that they've been so successful recently. So to have conceded certainly the first two goals so cheaply, uh, I think perhaps gives Galtier some some cause for concern. Yeah, it was it was a it was a bit shocking to see Perrin out jumped by a kid for the first goal. I thought, and yeah, if, if you kind of think if Satetian's defence goes, then you worry for Galtier because you usually don't expect them to score more than uh, well one a game basically. Although you know tonight they won in the Europa League two one away, so maybe this is going to be a whole new exciting free scoring <laughs> Satetian. But I'm not absolutely convinced about that. Uh, um, I think, yeah, hold, hold judgment on that, I think. Yeah. Uh, going on to Saint-Étienne's big rivals, the other sort of big news headline of the, of the weekend, I guess, was uh, Lacazette's hat-trick um, against Nossi. I think Lyon sort of not rode their luck because Nossi didn't really come up with that many clear-cut chances, but um, certainly Nossi had, had more of the ball the first half hour and then led by Lacazette. Uh, Leon sort of run away, run away with it. Yeah, I thought they sort of did enough. They weren't exceptional. Um, I think they they relied. I think certainly first half, opening half an hour. I think they relied a little bit on Nancy finding their feet in the you know, first game back in the in the top flight. Um, it, it was you know. It was it was enough. You know, I don't think it, it's nothing to make you think. Oh crikey, you know they're going to challenge PSG for. The title, but you know, competent display, three nil. Can't really complain. Goal scorer who was supposedly nailed on to be leaving scores three goals. Looks absolutely dead set you know, on his uh, his love for the club. Um, I, I think my concern for Nancy was just I, I just worry about their their. I think I tweeted this actually during the match. Their composure both at the back and then in the final third as well. Um, you know they weren't. You know, they they perhaps weren't particularly organised for for. Uh, I think you can't really count the third goal. That was game over by them. But first two goals weren't particularly organised defensively. Very bad mistake um, to let in Lacazette for the second from an inadvertent, shall we say, Lopez assist. I don't think he's claiming he he certainly he meant an assist there. But no, definitely not. Uh, I, I you know just makes me. I, I thought Nancy were actually going to be. Relatively okay. Um, it, it's it's certainly put the the fear amongst me. So what it's what it's done for the Nancy players and the Nancy supporters, I don't know. But um, it was a professional performance from Leon. Um, you know, three decent goals. Can't really ask for a lot more from them. Uh, I think certainly Nancy will just have to show, I think, a degree of uh, maturity. I think in putting this result behind them. It was a game they were never going to win. I don't think. To, you know. You probably the, one of the, it's probably the most informed one of the most informed teams if you count form towards the end of last season. Um, so to to come away three 0 they they can't let that affect them going into their next game, which conveniently is away to us. <laughs> I think that um, I was I was I agree with with you that I, of the three promoted teams, I actually thought Nossi were going to be the ones that um, would probably probably find it. Most comfortable and and not just because because they won league last year, but just from the football 
they played last year, I thought they, you know, they're the ones that would be able to adapt the easiest and actually have, um, rather than physicality, just relying on the physicality, also having, you know, decent ball playing, uh, certainly midfielders, even defenders. But I worry that I'm not sure that at the moment that the strike force is really up to it. Um, that's my concern. And yeah, as you said, the the third goal doesn't really count. The first one. I mean, it's slightly unlucky from their point of view, ricochet, but the second one was, was terrible. But, and then on the other side, and you're right, it's hard, it's hard to judge Lyon based on this game, but compared to the PSG match, um, not that I'm comparing sort of Di Maria to, to Dale or anything like that, but um, I thought they looked so much more assured. Um, certainly... Um, and Kulu and Yang and B-word looks a lot better in the middle. And uh, I don't know, if, if they can carry on at that level, then, yeah, I'm still not sure about a proper challenge, but certainly I still, for me, they're still favourites to finish second, I think. But what, yeah. what did you think of um, Fekir? Because there's been a lot of talk, and Andy Brassel wrote a great article about it this week, about whether, you know, if Genesio sticks with his 4 3 uh, four, four, Full three three rather. It doesn't really make necessarily the best use of Fekir and certainly the sort of partnership between Fekir and Lacazette. Uh, I agree in so much as I don't. I don't think it does get the best out of Fekir. I actually thought, bearing in mind, I still think we have to to give him the benefit of the doubt in in that he's going to be rust. Still going to be rusty. I think it, an injury like that takes a, a heck of a long time to get over. Um, I, I thought he had a fairly decent game. Um, you know, it was a nice run on the ball um, to sort of start the move that led to the opening goal. Uh, beat a couple of players, showed actually some pretty good strength, I think, as well, um, to, to tee up Dardai, which obviously eventually led to the, the Lacazette goal. Um, I'm going to be interested to see if he does stick with this 4-3-3. Um, I think personnel-wise, it probably slightly more... The squad, I think, slightly more fit, it fits a, a 4-3-3 slightly better. It, it goes back to that that question that we posed, I think, in the summer with Pogba as well. Is it's do you play something that you know a, a formation that's better for the team, but perhaps limits the impact of one of your better players, um, or do you play a, a formation that gets the best out of your best player, but perhaps then it, it doesn't fit the rest of the squad as well. Um, so I think ne- next few weeks will be interesting to see how, how long he if he does stick with that and and how Fekir can perhaps adapt to that as well, which will show how much he's come come on as a footballer. Yeah, I think um, the end of, of the second half of last season, um, Gazal was kind of you know thrived on the right side of that that full three three. So I think it, a lot may depend on on what happens with him. He was. Uh, Dropped to the to the reserve team and then sort of pulled out and uh, I personally don't believe for a second that he was injured um, and you know clearly he he wants out um, but if he does end up staying presumably at some point he'll have to be brought back into the team and I don't know I think um, I mean when he started I liked him as a proper traditional winger and to have him on the wing as well as Fekir and Lacazette in the centre could be interesting but if not and they're sticking with a 4-3-3 then you get the impression there's, they're going to be stepping on each other's toes I'm not sure there's enough room for the two of them Lacazette mm. and Corne in the same team so I don't know it's one to look out for 
It is. Um, then obviously the, the other the other player in the uh, the attacking trio was was Cornet, who perhaps showed the the rawness that he has in such as full of running, full of energy. Not quite the finished article. I think he had he certainly had one very clear one-on-one chance that really should have been a goal. Uh, yeah, it was a great on, pass by Lacazette. I think. It was, yeah, uh, in on goal. Uh, and fluffed the shot really way way too close uh, way too close to the goalkeeper so uh, I think for, for, for perfectly honest I, I do prefer Cornet out wide um, I think they can use his energy use his pace um, use that sort of desire to, to beat his man uh, out wide to then cut in and if he wants to have a shot have a shot but playing him up front you're relying on him to be a consistent goal scorer which I don't quite think he is yet yeah I think uh, talk, talking of um, Cornet, uh, just to let you know, by the way, I think Andrew's having technical problems. That's why it's just the two of us at the moment. But uh, in memory of the departed Andrew, uh, his, uh, he's got a really good idea for a new slot for this season, which is Young Player of the Week. Um, obviously, Liga, um, partly just because of very good youth academies and partly because we keep getting... Uh, pillaged by by the Premier League, among others, are producing a lot of good youth. So, and already this the first week, a lot of um, youngsters kind of lifted their head about above the parapet. So we thought we'd talk about a couple who stood out. And I know you've got you've got one who stood out in in the Ren match. Uh, yes, um, Malang Zar. So I'm not going to profess I know anything about him. Uh, he's 17 year old. Uh, defender making his debut. Um, to, to, to touch on the very serious and very sad, you know, it was very emotional game. The the, the tributes uh, before the game, during the game, after the game, were you know a, gr- a great honour for and, and you know, certainly well done by Nice. Um, and, and then to get you know moving on to the moving on, let's move on to the game. You know, we don't want to we don't want to. Uh, to, to focus too much on the on the sad news, so, yeah, we've 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 covered that. So, Malang um, Sars, 17-year-old centre back, making his debut. Um, I'm not going to dwell on Ren because, again, we want to keep this we want to keep this brief. But you know, he's he's a local local kid. I mean, born in Nice, on his debut, the the emotions running beyond high. You know, the, of everything that's happened. Puts in a really good defensive performance because Ren actually going forward weren't too bad. They had plenty of shots on target, plenty of attacking threat. But next to to, to Paul Base was fa- absolutely fantastic. The two of them uh, in defence looked really really solid, and then pops up with the winning goal. Uh, Seventeen years old to do all that in such an occasion, um, you know, it shows a, a lot of character uh, and perhaps very early stage to be saying, but someone to keep an eye out on. I was um, for for my pick. I was torn between uh, Labor, who we've already spoken to, and any number of uh, young mess players who had a storming game. And as Andrew's not here, I can now say that of course both of them were nailed on penalties. Um, but when we were hanging on at one point, um, Didion, who, who's in the fifties, so, um, was a Toulon tournament winner last week, so we've already marked last year rather, so we've already marked him out as a as a you know real young talent, um, pulled off a couple of great saves, but 
I have to agree with you and also Andrew who picks. Uh, I think it's 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 hard to look past him just because of the occasion and everything. Um, yeah, I think he's he's got to be the the young our first young player of the week. I think. Um, going on to next week's fixtures, we're going to have a quick look at a couple of them before we go. Um, are there any that stand out for you that you're particularly looking forward to? Um, I think you probably have to look at the Friday night fixture, Leon v. Khan. Um, both had very good uh, opening day wins. Um, Leon obviously protecting quite a you know, very good record at, at, at Park OL. So um, it would be good to see them in front of their home crowd for the first time this season. But I was actually quite impressed with, with Khan. Um in their opening in their opening win, three um, two against Lorient, they they went two goals down very very quickly, and and although Lorient had a man sent off, um, also in the first half I believe, fought back, and this is obviously all without Andy Delore, who I think actually I read today he's finally finally come back to training, after all his uh, histrionics have <laughs> gone on over the summer with he wants a move but he's not going to be getting the move. Um, but we're very, very impressed with uh, with Ivan Santini. So I, again, a player I knew very little of, um, but was a, a summer signing. Um, two goals on debut, including an 87th minute winner. Perfect result for Khan. So um, I, I think they're a side that that so many people um, like. You know, Patrice Garon seems to be getting the best out of some, should we say, average. Uh, average players, you know, he's getting such a good performance week after week. It seems with from uh, from Ronnie Rodelin, who uh, who scored another goal to go with his, I think ten or eleven goals he scored last season. Yeah, it was a decent um, finish as well. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was. So I'm 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 looking forward to that. Um, I think there's there's you know good attacking play from both sides. Um, I saw I saw a tweet saying. Um, after the match, saying Andy Delore has gone to have a, another teardrop tattooed under his eye, seeing Santini's <laughs> performance. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. How about yourself? Uh, I think another intriguing one is um, Gangon playing Marseille on the Sunday. Um, we're not going to, as Andrew said earlier, we're not going to dwell too much on Marseille, um, but. It was. It did feel a little bit kind of carrying on where they left off last last year, with a, a sort of slightly dour nil-nil at home to, um, a not exactly brilliant to lose. But as Pasty said, you know, there's been a massive uh, change of personnel at Marseille, so maybe they deserve you know a couple of weeks grace. Um, but Gangon have also had a bit of a turnaround, obviously certainly on the bench. And um, they look pretty bright against Monaco, I thought. Um, and you know, to go two 0 up away, even at even at Louis Deux, where Monaco don't always have the, the greatest record, was still impressive. And um, you know, it took it actually took a sort of freak Mbappe injury and Silva coming on to to turn the game. But um, I thought Gangon looked really bright. And you know, where, whereas maybe before last week Marseille might have looked at that thinking. And that's a that's a pretty good time to go to Gangon. Um I'm not sure they'll be as confident now. Uh, yeah, no co- confidence and Marseille are two words that <laughs> we won't be putting together. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, that, that should be a good game as well. And uh, if you haven't already checked it out, I think I would also recommend checking out uh, Mustafa Diallo's goal for Gangon as well. Probably that's fantastic goal, goal goal of the weekend, if only for the 
lump cross field from Jimmy Prion, just <laughs> hoofing it halfway across the pitch. But the control and, and finish from Diallo was uh, was fantastic. It was definitely one of those ones where you could say, like, try that 99 more times, it won't go in once. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to leave it there and try to find Andrew somewhere in the ether. Um, but, uh, yeah, keep an eye out um, on the website, on, on Twitter. We'll be uh, trying to keep you updated with all the scores over the weekend, starting with uh, Lyon Con Friday evening and finishing with PSG against Mess. Um, God knows how that's going to finish, but I'm already scared. Um, and... Well, it would be lovely if we're talking about great performances by Messi's youngsters next week, but well, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> uh, but till then, thanks very much for listening, and goodbye.